Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome it is the unofficial 40 brought to you by midfirst.com go to midfirst.com slash u40 sign up for that midfirst uh, ou rewards credit card well, welcome back everybody it's been a, a long day yesterday we're coming to you on a Thursday this week. Uh, appreciate y'all being with us. We had uh, Lincoln Riley having a press conference yesterday, kind of talking, just catching up on everything that's happened uh, since uh, the Peach Bowl, really. Uh, his first media appearance that he's had since uh, the Sooners have been back in town from their bowl game. So he caught up on recruiting, a uh, little bit of news here and there. He was asked about the suspended players, still said, indicated that appeals process is going on. Uh, but a lot about his hirings and DeMarco Murray and Jamar Cain, so we've got plenty to talk about today. Welcome in Eddie Bradosevich. Hello. Uh, Bob Presbillo is with us as well. Hello. And uh, someone is not with us today because uh, he couldn't get in his house to... He was there. We specifically... Aaron is dirty laundry. We Tiffany specifically, kicked him Linda, out. That's what happened. Linda no, did it. He called ice on Linda, and Linda retaliated by locking him out of the house. That's, that's, I'm, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's just sad. Sad is what it is. Bob, are you afraid that one day you'll be locked out of your own house? Knowing that Josh is taking a similar path? We don't have a housekeeper yet, though. We got we to gotta get one of those. Yeah. Then it can happen. We all need housekeepers. I obviously need a housekeeper. But, you know, I got to keep you boys living the lifestyle. Uh I don't think fifty dollars a month is uh, is is keeping hey, us from. We are not talking about <laughs> compensation. I'm not. I'm just saying that for a, for a housekeeper is like probably fifty to a hundred. It might take like twenty five hundred for this house. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you said you you're making fifty. No, 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 no. I'm making a little bit more north of that. Uh, anyway, um, yes, I promise the guys are making a nice living wage. They'll agree to that. I would hope. Uh, My lawyer has said, don't comment on that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Lincoln Riley. So you're stuck with us. That's the point. I'm, I'm, I'm fine being stuck with you. It's Josh that's being the No, I'm telling today. the listeners that they're oh. stuck with us <laughs> okay. three. Yeah. I, there might be some people who are going to be upset because there won't be the normal amount of recruiting talk. We might talk podcast. Caleb Williams, but that's really about Ooh. the only thing that actually happened. Throughout the course of this week, uh, so yeah, that that was really interesting. Uh, but what? Let's start with the spring game. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, the the date has been announced. It's going to be April eighteenth. It's not going to be Masters weekend. So Eddie is very happy. It's a win win. It's a win. It's a win for everybody. Does that mean you'll be there the entire weekend? Uh, I'm not going. You're you're not going this Mm-mm. year. No. 
radio station just fired a bunch of people. They're not sending people to Augusta. <laughs> I think I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you can't, you'll hear about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, the spring game is going to be April 18th. Unless Riley wants to take me. Uh, April 18th. Uh, I'll ask him. The possibility is there, guys, for a night game for the Sooners. Yeah, it is weird that they put the release out, the graphic, and they didn't have a time specified. So you kind of figured something might might be going on there, and Link, Lincoln said as much. There's no way it's... I mean, they didn't release any kind of ticket information either, but there's no way it's going to be free. If you're hoping for that, <laughs> just stop where you... Stop. You know, Don't even let that foolishness enter your brain. I thought it went a little under the radar yesterday that uh, when talking about the spring game, that he said something to the effect of when talking about what time the game was going to be at. It was something to the effect of uh, we'll have to work around other things that yes. weekend, which makes me think that Travis the, Tritt's coming in. <laughs> that would be awesome. Unfortunately, he has a Travis concert. Tritt. Unfortunately, he has a concert in like Maine that weekend. I would totally sign off on Travis. That would be Tritt. badass. I would. I would ask off so I could just go to the concert. Uh, I we it, would we would pirate live stream that bitch on Sooner Scoop. How about that? That'd be awesome. It would seem like they're gonna debut some statues that weekend. That's that was my first. Oh, thought, I gotcha. Is that maybe they're gonna debut the Baker Mayfield statue and the Kyler Murray statue? Are they working on the Cheesecake Factory sponsorship for that? I don't know. I was I was gonna say if they put it up, they might not want to invite Emily because she might try and come and like knock it down or something like Saddam Hussein's statue. Allegedly. Oh, I think the whole thing's bullshit. To be oh, honest. Oh, that girl. I mean, look at all you have to do is look at her. Listen, Seriously. there there are whores, and then there is that girl. <laughs> yes, that is on the north side of a whore. That girl can't even. They won't even accept her job application at Hooters. She would be a Dallas minus five. You hear about like a Dallas six. She's a Dallas minus five. All she's, she needs is a little bit of meth to go with that look. She's from one of the Dallas suburbs you've never heard of. <laughs> I just don't believe that girl at all. No, I don't, I don't either. And then she, well, did she say that like she has all this proof, proof or whatever? Well, let's see it. I don't know. I just maybe I have higher. I would lose. A Don't little you know, respect okay, for Mayfield if is, that was true. Here's the thing. like he, he can do a lot better than that. If you are sending someone a snap and they take a screen grab, it tells you, right? Isn't that the way Snapchat works? Shoot. Old. I don't Snapchat. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know about so, that. So, like, if you're, if you're trading snaps with a chick under, you know, on the DL... And she's taking screen grabs. You should know that. Like, then you just stop trading snaps with somebody. To me, Uh-oh. and maybe that's why she I only no has idea. one need really the younger generation. Snap. Young, the young people have to save us. If you have a TikTok account, please call. <laughs> I I can tell you about the TikTok. I don't know about Snapchat. Not much. I don't, I don't really like Snapchat. I'm on it. Yeah, because you kind of have to be. Yeah, I, I just don't really enjoy it. Our, We've had to be on it ever since Eric Stryker. Well, I was like, that's say, when I think I became a permanent Snapchat. If you user. remember, he didn't do anything clearly, but Arthur McGinnis committed on Snap. On yeah, Snapchat. he did, didn't he? <laughs> that should have told you everything about that experience. Uh, so anyway, back to the spring game. I also kind of took that as. You know, they have to figure out what their recruiting activities are going to be because they have mm-hmm. that. Is it a 48-hour window? 
Yes. Okay, so it's not 72, it's 40. So basically, like, are you going to have a big function, like, midday Friday, early Friday, are you, or are you going to have something big on Sunday? Right. Like, so I, I took it to kind of be that as well. For sure. I mean... If you have a night game, you're not going to be able to do much on Sunday the next day unless it's later on, like at noon on. And it's clear from when we asked Riley, December, they're going to make it a big weekend. It Mm -hmm. didn't really pan out in terms of 2019 and the official visitors and and what turned up for the 2020 class, but that not deterring Riley, you got to imagine he's going to load up once again. Well, and to me, you're committed to the model, which is the December signing now. I mean, you're just committed. If you don't have, if you're a big boy and you don't have most of your class put away in December, you're screwed. I mean, that's just the way it is now. So having this be a big weekend, to me, it's a must. It's a must, but the fear, and it's been there for a couple kids where you feel like, you got them too early, and yeah. you never got a chance to go back to them when you really needed to close. Then again, I mean, that's just going to happen. I mean, like, some of that can't be, I mean, like Jace McClellan, there's no matter when he would have committed, you would have gotten screwed over probably. Probably so. I would, I would think so, right? I think the one guy people point toward is Dante Manning. Like, if we could have got Manning on campus in November or December, maybe things go differently. But that's just the way it works out. I kind of think they're leaning towards a night game. I don't know. I don't know what well, the d- final decision on that is. Things aren't working out, by the way, that well for Dante Manning. <laughs> yeah, his coach <laughs> left. His decision-making. I, I just don't feel bad for these guys. I I mean, I do in a way because they're kind of getting like screwed over. But Kane's they, nephew. I mean, like, you that's know that it's nephew, coming. though. Mm-hmm. So that's like blood. I mean, Who? it's like Kane's Kane, nephew oh, 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 Arizona yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I did not want to ask. Kane about that. They asked me this morning on radio, like, did you ask him about his pissed off nephew? I was like, no, No, it's the first time we ever talked to him. First time I've met him. So, yeah, but I I think the fans would love a night. I mean, everybody loved the night game last year. I mean, it was a it was a logistical nightmare. They pulled it off, and then we had to fly Eddie back early because he was at the Masters. The the traffic. It worked out great, though. I will say that. Yeah. It worked out great. As long as, long, a, as, long as you could get there, because the traffic from Edmond was yeah. just insane. And let's be honest. Spring game. I think the spring game's dying. I think as a whole, spring game is dying. Did you see what was uh, proposed is. yesterday? Though? I would I would be a 100% fan of it, Intra-squad scrimmaging. I think I, I would be a fan of it. I mean, that's that that would be huge. One because you think they'd be open. That's the thing. Like you can't close that if you're going to have an inner squad scrimmage. You can't have. Well, we can only let's only schedule people that'll agree to a closed scrimmage. <laughs> Bullshit. You're opening that stuff. No, you're going to kill college football. Attendance already sucks across the country. Open that shit up. Let's see OU and Arkansas scrimmage. Well, people don't want to see that right now. Let's see OU and think, Houston scrimmage. I think OU Arkansas would be an would be an awesome scrimmage. Oh, it'd be unbelievable! Like I think that would be a great atmosphere. You could turn it into a mini type game day. Levi Draper's revenge. He could get like two tackles. He would get and, a lot of playing time. Yeah, you know when the no, I th- I, I do think it would be awesome. Come in. It would be awesome. Sorry, I don't know the I don't know the. In fact, there are no reasons that I could think of that you wouldn't want to do it. So that means that the NCAA won't do it. 
Well, and it, the direction it was always going, because I know we talked to Bob back in the day about this. Like, what if your spring game was actually just a scrimmage? Like, that was always the question. Yeah. Like, that would be OU playing Arkansas, would be your screen, your spring finale. I think it would be awesome. It would be unbelievable. And this, I, think the, I think the players would care more, too. This can oh, be a yeah. tough year with all the people in the uh, – portal and not having half of the 2020 class and you know there's going to be guys that get hurt during spring so they can't play during the game either i don't know what kind of format they're going to try to use can you match people doing home and homes for spring games i mean like oh, <laughs> OU, <laughs> ou alabama has announced a spring game finale for years 2054 and 2055 home and home now that would be a little much you just need to let me know like two months before i don't even care who you play but it would be interesting. It would be even more interesting. And I guess Oklahoma would never probably have to worry about it because somebody would always come to Norman to play. Like, oh, yeah. you wouldn't be going on the road. Because they pay them. I mean, they, you know, you'd have to pay people to come in. Sure. There. I mean, it, would UCO be a team that they would want to scrimmage? Do you, get, do you even get anything you out of that? You wouldn't get anything out of that, I don't Probably think. not. Be better off just playing your your backups. And I mean, they got team. they got Tulsa on the on the schedule, so they probably wouldn't do that any. I think it would yeah. be it would be kind of hard from a scheduling standpoint because you wouldn't want uh, you, you wouldn't know, want another you wouldn't want to do it against Kansas or Kansas State. Yeah, right. You wouldn't right. want to do it against any of the teams around you, and you also wouldn't want to be traveling. You know, basically across. You could do SMU. I mean, you could yeah. do schools wouldn't want to. Tra- North Texas would be a perfect North example. Texas. Everybody would want to Houston, get North Texas. I mean, it would just be tough for schools that would have to basically travel across the country to go play somebody. And I guess, you know, athletic programs probably be able to afford it. That'd be the thing, though. Like, if you did it with SMU and it wasn't always, like, SMU would be full of OU fans when they played in Dallas. Like, there'd be more OU fans than SMU fans. So, like, you're just going to give them that gate? I don't know how that would work. It would know. be really cool. We're getting ahead of ourselves because really all they're are. proposing <laughs> is that teams be able to have inter-squad scrimmages. Kind of like the NFL teams do. Like, if you watch Hard Knocks, like, one day the Rams come in to the Raiders and then they scrimmage and there's usually a fight somewhere along the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll be cool. I think it'd be awesome. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine Joe C is going to just let him be out there on the rugby field. With no one around. I mean, it, I could see it happening, I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. I mean, I... Can you imagine? I you can't would see not that be happening. able to keep people away. Like, literally, people would just be out there in the Lloyd Noble parking lot with oh, binoculars be just watching. It'd be a disaster. There's no way. There's no way. You can't invite another football team to Norman and be practicing and not expecting people to flood to where they're practicing. No, you'd have to do something. It'd have to be in the stadium. So... But, okay, so... It's fun to talk about, though. Yeah, spring game stuff, it'll come up. We haven't had a release of practices or open practices or open media practices or anything, or even interview schedules. So that's still to come. They've just released the date. We don't have a date on Pro Day. Uh, Lincoln was asked if Jalen Hurts has said, you know, if he'd work out at OU's Pro Day. He didn't really give any kind of an answer on that, which was interesting. Or not interesting. That was kind of weird, wasn't it? What like he would ju- you would just thought he would say oh yeah he's gonna do his pro day here yes like why is he like there's no secret you don't have to be secretive about this I literally saw the uh, video came in my timeline the other day 
of Jalen Hurts and Nick Saban at the pro day taking the picture together. And what popped in my head was, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts played quarterback at OU. Like, yeah, unfortunately, he's going to be kind of an afterthought once the Spencer Rattler train gets going, which it, it is on the tracks right now. No doubt. No doubt about that. And that's really what the spring game is for most people. Seeing Spencer Rattler, seeing how he, you know, mates with Theo Weiss and Jaden Hazelwood and in Trajan Bridges and Stogner. And, you know, Charleston Rambo, is he going to take that next step? Yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I I would say there's a lot of intrigue going into this one, just as a whole, the aspect of the spring, because... Uh, there is a change uh, in kind of a turnover and a little bit of unknown as far as what they have in a quarterback. I mean, I think everybody has a a, a feeling of how good Spencer Rattler could be, but yeah, you know, I, I guess it's the unpopular thing to talk about. What if he is a bust? <laughs> what if What if they go out and People they go eight and four <laughs> next year? People don't want to hear that. I'm just saying, go up to Army, lose on the road. Army wasn't very good this year. No, but I think it was ESPN or somebody had a story this this week about how unusual it is for, I guess it's not unusual, but just how unique it's going to be for Spencer Rattler to be making his first career road start on the road at Army. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I I thought the other thing... Especially if they lose to Missouri State in the opener. Not to Bobby Petrino. <laughs> on pay-per-view. Boy. Army was a pay-per-view game, too, by the way. It went to overtime. Uh, with, that's disrespectful to the military having that on pay-per-view. That was one of the, my favorite that hot was. takes that was a good leading one. into that week. Um, but there were other things talked about in, in terms of team stuff yesterday. Uh, I thought, you know, just Lincoln's comments about the defense and, and just... Nobody really came at him about, so how does it feel to have, you know, a sucky recruiting class compared to, like, Alabama and Georgia and Clemson? I did think that there was a little bit of a tone of, how does it feel to be competent at some point on the on the defensive side of the football recruiting? Yeah. And he did address the portal stuff. Bob asked him about that. Uh, and I, I would you say he was cheery to finally address that? A almost? little bit. Just saying, you know, the some of those younger players are better. <laughs> some of those younger players are better. Well, so and he kind of threw a little shade. I thought, you know, like basically saying some of those guys were recruited for systems, and we had <laughs> a staff that didn't know what system we were playing. Kind of. That, oh yeah. I mean, that's yep. not verbatim, but that's basically yep. what he yeah, said. It's paraphrasing. And then it was good that he explained for people that don't understand why you can't just lose one guy and then add another. Because I still think that's a popular held belief. Well, explain if, it to them, Bob. That if you lose, you know, six six guys, then you can just add six. Right. And that's not how it works when you have a max of twenty five per per year. You just you're, it's hard to keep up to the eighty five limit when you're having all these guys in the portal and there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you can't lose more than you recruit every year, or eventually your numbers dwindle to zero. Connecticut will be fun to watch because they have like 30 guys in the portal for this cycle. I hope they just blow that program up. Randy Edsel must just be the biggest dickhead in the entire world. Didn't work out well for him at Maryland. I don't feel like it's worked out anywhere except for like pre-Fiesta Bowl. Oh, you broke him in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that might be it. Him and Donald Brown. 
That smelly ass defensive tackle that Gabe always talks about. <laughs> I, t- I didn't know he does. There was I, I don't know I don't remember who it was, but I guess it was like a defensive tackle, and he just like he stunk. Gabe has always said that he like repeatedly told him during the game, like, "Bro, you smell like shit. Like you <laughs> you are a smelly person." <laughs> I, I I guess I'll have to ask him about that. I did not know that was a thing. I'm pretty sure it was the UConn game. Um. So yeah, but I mean. It's pretty obvious, like, they're finally kind of comfortable, I guess, with what they're recruiting, what they're bringing in in terms of recruiting to Alex Grinch's system, which will be great until he takes the Colorado job. Right. No, that I guess that, what was it, Adam Rittenberg that put his name out there this yes. morning? I, I would say there's less than a... 5% chance that well, happens. Well, there's no... I mean, there doesn't seem any doubt. If Eric Bieniemy wants that job, it's his. Yeah, and I, I think that all indications are that... I th- what was the word out of the Denver Post this morning? Both sides are very interested in each other, I think is how it was worded. Mm-hmm. I applaud Mel, T- uh, Mel Tucker for being an asshole, though. <laughs> <laughs> a rich asshole. I think it's kind of a bad spot for him because I don't really know what... Like, as a coach... I don't know what you're supposed to do. That's such a bad situation, but we all have convictions until someone puts a bunch of money in front of us. But going, I mean, I want the I night- want to continue building Sooner Scoop until it's the biggest thing ever. But if somebody puts fifty million dollars in front of me, I'll be okay. It's yours. I mean, Sorry, my Bob, God, I would ready. hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't get a cut of that as well. But get a dollar. Not. You have a dollar. Dollar fifty. <laughs> For him to be out like doing alumni any, events, though, I won't though? give you any money. But I will give you a maid for a year. How about that? A maid for a year? Yeah. I hope I can have sex with it's her. It's not a whore. No, it's a maid. <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably not. See how much money 405 Mag will give me. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't even know who these other people are. I don't I've never heard I don't of either. them. And I'm sure a lot of people look at that list and they go, who the... F is Eddie Radosevich. I think they've set up a division that I can win. <laughs> and I think I applaud have their efforts. Have you looked into who, other, who the other people are? No, I have no idea even how my name got involved in it. But I'm going to try and win it. And aren't you in more than lose. one category? I don't know. That's I don't what think I thought. So. Oh, no, no, I think that okay. was just for the uh, nomination process. Uh, people were nominating my name for a lot of things. But you are up for top influencer? Yeah, in Oklahoma City. <laughs> I hope I win. Go vote. 405mag.com. Who are you influencing? 405, obviously. <laughs> Not the 572s. The 572s. We can't. We can't. Is there going to be a 572 mag? Is that going to split off and be like, if we split off and started a, a Dallas Renegade site? If the 572s come out with a magazine, Renegade it'll be called a newspaper, com? and those are dying, so... Okay. Um, or a newsletter. Way off track. Here. I love my newspaper people, though. So, hey, the Mel Tucker thing is crazy for the fact that he was out doing alumni events the night before he announced he's he's leaving to go to East Lansing. Like, well, that's yeah, the kind was, of stuff. I mean, he was that, all in. He was just like, okay, they came and they offered me this, but no, I'm not leaving Colorado. Like, I'm I'm staying here. And then Michigan said, hold our beer. We're gonna back up the Brinks truck. And double your salary. That's how bad we want you. Because they were in a terrible spot. Like, if they didn't get Mel Tucker, maybe they are looking at Alex Grinch. I don't know. That I, that whole thing was weird, just with the way D'Antonio exited, 
the just all of it. And you heard the whole thing about he wanted to work another year and yeah, and days. they like basically called his bluff and got a search team together, a search firm together, yeah. and he was like, "Okay, I'm out." At the basis of it, though, who cares about Michigan State football? That's that's well more than care about. It's Colorado crazy football. that they. It's crazy that they've played in a college football playoff. It that yes makes no sense. I guess that just shows you how good of a deal he had up there. It would be like, I mean, really though, them playing in it, you could have the same thing happen in the Big Twelve. Like you could have um, Michigan you know, State Baylor or Oklahoma Iowa. State or the something. Winner. Like, the winner went on. Like if Oklahoma had a really good year, yeah, that's true. It was Iowa versus Michigan State, wasn't it? It wasn't like Michigan State beating Ohio, a really good Ohio State team. Anyway, um, what else? So. We did meet DeMarco Murray for the first time as a coach of Oklahoma and Jamar Cain yesterday. We were, you and I were with DeMarco. Bob was with Jamar Cain. Mm-hmm. So I really haven't, I know that we put up the breakdown session. We put up the uh, press conference session from everything, but I really didn't dive into the Jamar Cain stuff quite yet. What yeah, was I your, haven't either. What was your first impression, Bob? The, when Cain was at the podium with DeMarco and Lincoln, I thought he was very measured and he wasn't sure if he was saying the right things. In and fact, Lincoln was sitting there right yeah, next to him. Right, exactly. In fact, he even asked Barry Trammell, did I answer that correctly? <laughs> <laughs> kind of looking at Lincoln. <laughs> like, did I, did I do good? It was but, a tough question. It was basically, how could you come join this shithole of a defense? <laughs> yeah. But when you got him in the breakout session, you could see that there's sort of a dude that feels like he's earned the right to be here. The days at Cal Poly, the GA days at Ohio, the North North Dakota State where, you know, he would drive six, seven hours to meet a kid for 20 minutes and then drive straight back, stay at the, mo- the Motel 6 to get through a recruiting trip. You can tell it's like he appreciates the journey that's got him here, but he appreciates the fact that he's here and he knows that he deserves – to be in this spot and I'll just get familiar with the guys that are there, his room and how it's going to work. Calvin Thibodeau. Cause we heard, obviously the first thing we heard is that his title wasn't what we first thought. He's going to be running defensive ends and outside backers, but it sounds like Tibbs will oversee the entire D, uh, D line to go along with the tackles. But his position will be the defensive tackles. Yeah. Right. So, but, and I thought that that would be the setup from the beginning. It didn't make any sense when you bring in a defensive line coach and just give them outside linebackers. And I'd said, like, surely they're going to change, you know, responsibilities or something for those outside linebackers if, if, if that's all his only position. But now that, he, you know, you hear he's going to coach both defensive ends and outside linebackers, it makes me think that, you know, it'll, it'll kind of just keep going like it's going. You still have Aguaybu and, yeah. and uh, um, Benito, Benito kind of the main guys, and John yeah. Michael Terry when he comes back. I mean, yeah. I just wonder if they're all going to meet in the same room. It's not that big of a deal if they do or if they don't, but I mean, that's a lot, a lot of guys, and but they're kind of coaching the same spot. So if, if it would make sense. But yeah, you know, Kane in the breakout session made a much bigger impression. And part of it was. Little, not say it was bad on us, but a lot of the questions were toward Murray during the podium. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really get a chance to let Kane kind of show who he is. And during that 12 minute breakout session, you got a much better feel of what this guy is, where he's been, and what he's looking to do. I think, I think a lot of people basically, you know, they watch that breakout session and it's pretty easy to see why he's starting to develop a name as a recruiter, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he just has such a passion for it because 
he's like, this is gravy now. This is so easy. I get to go on flights. I get to have, there's no limit on what hotel, like the, how, uh, how much a Nike. Like he said that, like, there's no limit. No, I, I didn't know that you guys, I mean, I don't know how your early days were like at the Oklahoma, Bob. Days Eddie, in, days Eddie in, baby. Never, Eddie has never really had to experience the hard life road travel, but I used to have to stay in like to Northwest Oklahoma city. I, Staying a days in. <laughs> See, there's the attitude right there. Days in forty nine. No, I used to 95. stay. <laughs> I used to stay in Candlewood Suites with my cheap okay, ass yeah. boss, mm-hmm. and but those were like the high end. Like it was that was the way to avoid staying at Motel Six or Days in, but it was still a shit. Like you know, paper thin uh, comforters and rock hard mattresses yeah and he stuff. mentioned he would lock all the doors he would sleep with the socks on because he didn't want to touch the floor so yep yeah i think i pointed out that uh, there was literally that's kind of how the uh the the motel in lubbock is across the street from the stadium it's called stadium motel yes stayed there the day before or the night before the uh that hasn't been ripped down oh i i think it has i would now. imagine if it hasn't it's probably because there's so many meth chemicals in the building that when they do they're gonna have to Evacuate it's, the entire city. It's like Chernobyl, but it in is. Lubbock. No, I think it's it been was, torn it, down for it was apartments an ex- now. It was an experience. I think it is because it was across the. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's where the highway is now, right. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's that, that highway runs, right there. Yeah. 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 That was a. Nasty it was a shithole. place. Yeah. You could smoke inside. That I mean, that's but all you need. But to you know. were in college. Everybody did that in college. Oh yeah, no, for sure. You know, twenty deep in a hotel room in Dallas. Well, there's like three of us, but it was still a shithole. I always stayed at the Anatole. Uh, down in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always stayed at... Because I had a rich friend. I think I've, uh, I've I've tweeted about this before, but there will be a book written one day on the Adams Mark in between <laughs> oh 2000... God. I guess it'd be like 2000... I mean, it was before a couple years before I got to OU, but 2003-ish... To 2011, 2012, maybe even 13, 14. It was like every year I was, we'd show up and you'd walk in and be like, I can't believe these people are letting us back in this place. Like it literally almost burned down last year. How are they, <laughs> how are they letting people come back into this place? Oh, man. No. Uh, so, no, I mean, yeah, but I, I would say what I took out and what I've seen so far is just very earnest guy. Like just, Keep your nose. And the whole thing about playing for uh, Kleiman at, at North Dakota State really, seemed, to me, seems like that shaped him as a coach more than anything. Yeah, and that winning mentality, for sure. Because he mentioned, you know, like, if they're thir- if they were 13-2 and two at that school, it felt like they were 2-13, and 13, which is exactly mindset here. When they're 12-2, mm-hmm. and two, that's a failure. So he gets it. He, un- he understands it. And so I, I think, you know, he's coming – Arizona State, where they weren't that, that great, but he's got the mindset of someone who knows it's national championship or bust when you get to Norman. Who do you think were the uh, people that contacted Riley? Right about I know. You think Lyman was a guy that would he call Lincoln, like even though they're in the same conference, to help somebody out know. like that? Um, that was just my first my first thought, but I had no idea because I don't know. Maybe Herm Edwards. I really don't know. I don't. I don't think he would call Riley to want to lose him, though. Herm Edwards, like, didn't he make like a really big hire to replace him? Like all of a sudden. Uh, well, they hired Marvin Lewis to be a co-defense coordinator. Yeah, but you, uh, he's a guy like he'll just 
he has a Rolodex of coaches. Like, oh, I'm just, sure. In and out, and I'm sure that there's. I don't think he frets losing a guy. No, not at all. And I, I think that it's probably also one of those situations that, you know, there's so many young up and coming coaches that would kill to be able to say, yeah, I worked for Herm Edwards. That it, it's no, you know, no problem, no problem for him. Well, I think that was the thing about it is like it had. You got the impression talking to Lincoln like both those hires happened really quickly because remember. He went out on the road recruiting as soon as he got back. Or what I think he may have taken a, like a little vacation there, like right right it was over and then he came back and a uh, visit started. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the bullware thing happened like right after visits were picking the day up right? of. the day yeah. of, yeah. Uh and then you know the I'm trying to think in the timeline Ruffin was like a, the next week. Yes. Um so I mean the Demarco thing. It sounded like it was just Demarco, and that's all they had to do. And it, it just, almost does, does, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that was especially when you think about the eyes. That that's a pretty funny story. Yeah, that was. There was a lot it of was overlapping a funny story, but it it was it was okay. And it just got I got more confusing to me about like how it all went down because it was odd because Demarco did not seem to be happy with Kale Gundy <laughs> that he showed that tweet to Lincoln. He's a narc. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Basically, sold him out. Yeah, because so what? It's it's Kale and Lincoln. But Kale had on, to know how Lincoln would take that, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure. But Demarco's like, you don't know he was going to take that as <laughs> sure. Like, not to mention, like I'm trying to look, I'm trying to play it cool here, man. Like you're that's true. You're too. blowing my cover. Yeah, yeah you're making them seem way because remember he said, eager. I don't know if you were standing there, but remember this, Eddie? He said, I said about how hard it was leaving Kevin Sumlin since he gave a shot. And he said, Well, I I had a lot of other offers I could have taken too. Like he was like, oh, OU wasn't the only place I could have gone. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, other offers were. Maybe uh, Cowboys. You think Mike McCarthy rattled the? I could see the NFL. I mean, with way, the things running backs coach or way things are going right now with the Rooney Rule. People, and that's why I think Bienemy could stay in the NFL because he is clearly the guy that is getting the most public push to be the next head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he the probably should be. Coach. He probably should be a head coach by now. Yeah, you look look across the NFL landscape. And now and they just won a guys Super like Bowl. Joe Judge are getting jobs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, Eric Bieniemy's. I mean, look at that whole giant coach staff. circles around him. Yeah, and even in your interview with Sumlin, he said he imagines Murray will be at the next level. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I that was the thing. You know, I asked Lincoln about kind of his, his philosophy or approach to hiring people. I thought it was pretty interesting that you know he said. Basically, uh, he knows pretty pretty soon. You know, after he interviews somebody, or has a pretty good feel after he talks to someone if they're they're right for him. And clearly, whatever Demarco said in the interviews, whatever uh, Jamar Cain said in the interviews, it was exactly what Lincoln Riley wanted to hear. Yeah, what he say ten minutes until he kind of thought these were the guys. It took him ten minutes to talk to him or whatever. Yeah, and and I mean we you know we had that whole thing about well you could move Roy Manning and then put Chip Biney but yes, we, clearly yep. I mean these are two guys that just were a step above making that kind of move like you you see what the hires were and you're like okay it makes sense that this is the way it's working out that they didn't move Roy Manning I think I questioned the Murray one but after listen, after hearing him talk yesterday felt a lot more comfortable in terms of what he's looking to do and that like he's not just in it for a paycheck or like he's going to go through the grind. It seems like he's going to embrace 
that part of the job and how he talked about how he's got to be the best at, at, at everything he does, and that's where he's going to try to learn from here. By the way, I want to get more into DeMarco Murray and, and what we talked about with him yesterday. I want to remind you guys, though, that the Unofficial 40 podcast, uh, our title sponsor, MidFirst Bank, want you guys to go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, why do I want you to go there? Because you can apply now for the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, a lot of great deals uh, that you get by being a member of the uh, MidFirst Bank OU Rewards credit card. And uh, you can register uh, for all kinds of cashback gift cards, merchandise, travel, uh, or you can redeem uh, cashback gift cards, merchandise, travel. Also, uh, they're giving away a Bluetooth speaker if you uh, register at participating locations uh, around the metro. And uh, there's going to be even more uh, coming that we're going to be talking about soon with uh, MidFirst.com and the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, but you know what? It's uh, the personalized OU card. They're the, uh, the exclusive provider of the OU credit card. So go to MidFirst.com slash U40 and sign up for that today. All right. Uh, so DeMarco Murray, as Eddie said, we both kind of had a chance to do the walk-off with him a little bit and really kind of get into things. And I think, you know, I, I kind of thought it was silly, but I guess there's some, you know, a, it's a legitimate question, I guess, when you are... You've been an all-pro player, uh, and you come back to coaching. Like a lot of times, when people do that, it's because you know they've been out of the game, or you know maybe they just need to make a living. Like in or they've run through money. Like that's clearly not the case with Demarco, and he said it. Like I've got all the money I need. I'm not doing this for the money. Uh, but I don't know, Eddie. I really got the impression, and Bob, you can comment on this too, but. I got the impression that he really is all in as a coach. Like this is not that he thinks he's got it figured out, but this to me clearly seems like what he wants to do, and he's totally committed to it. Yeah, I, I think that you just spend you know ten minutes or fifteen minutes with the guy, and you can tell that he has somewhat of a passion for it. Obviously, he has a passion for the game of football. He wants to be around it. He could sit up in a uh, you know a. a broadcasting booth and be around the game as much as he wants and be out at practice and all that kind of other beautiful stuff suits yeah i mean and probably make just as much money doing that working two three days a week than he is now but at the same time i think that he wants to be a part of it uh it's a little strange in a way that you know garen emig uh mentioned it to him yesterday he was on the last team that played for a national title for oklahoma i mean mm. as successful as they've been over the last 12 11, 12 years since he's been gone. It's crazy that they haven't played for a national championship during that time. I have uh, to look at it, but I, it has to be the best stretch of football in Oklahoma history that without did a not national, win a national championship. Like, without even a national championship appearance. Yeah. Uh, I, so I do think that, you know, it's important to him. And, uh, you know, I, I think with, the, with a lot of those guys, they like winning. They obviously care about the university. Uh, I don't think that this is going to be a thing that he just – yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a coach on the side, you know. I right. this is a thing that he's going to be tackling and, you know, have a little bit of a sense of pride in what they're doing. I don't think the last thing that DeMarco wants to do and just kind of you know, knowing people that know DeMarco is the last thing he wants to do is come here and them not be good and him yeah. look bad in yeah. doing all this. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I'm very interested to see how it translates uh into the recruiting world and, you know, I I think that it's not a it's not ironic and it's not a coincidence that he comes in and there's a strong presence in Texas already. 
I think the, the, the thing about it that's striking to people that had covered DeMarco, um, you know, since he's, since he was a freshman, that's what I want to ask you is like, he had always had like this and Eddie, you know, you were in college, you probably hung out with him being buddies with Sam. Mm -hmm. Uh, he just had that, you know, smooth Mr. Cool persona about him. He was the first and, you know, AD obviously was before him, but he was kind of that first, I guess in a way, and it's kind of weird to say, but he was like that first guy that I knew or met that was like, holy shit, that's, that's DeMarco Mer from Las Vegas? From Bishop Gorman? Yeah, like, the fact that he's from Las Vegas. This is like, like a five-star guy. He picked OU at U.S. Army game. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah. This, this guy is a big motherfucking deal. And he carried himself in a certain way that was just like, I wouldn't oh, say he's, he's yeah. I wouldn't say arrogant, but Demarco has always just kind of been like that. He's 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 Demarco, like kind of like regal, like royalty yeah. almost. Yeah, I mean he's he's he, he's a badass. He was a badass football player. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, I was covering high school softball and Blazers hockey during Demarco Murray's day, so I wanted to ask you: Did he feel different yesterday? Yes. Yeah, he did. In in. He's great. I mean, he's mature, but I think everybody's matured it's, out of the 21, 22-year-old yeah. kind of shithead. I mean, he's 32 years old yeah. now. I think yesterday was his birthday. I don't even think we told him happy birthday. Yesterday was his birthday, and we didn't even wish yeah, him happy birthday? I, I think that's right, yeah. This program's so screwed right now. <laughs> yeah, he turned 32. Uh, or maybe it was before, yet, but it was recently. It was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Wow. Wow. I was thinking about like I did. I talked to him off to the side. And I didn't even say happy birthday. I'm a. I'm a. I, he probably thinks we are assholes. <laughs> should I send him a? Should we wish him? Can we? Should we sing him happy birthday? If and you, then we if could, you feel the spirit moves you. Should I film it? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Stop influencing people. All right. That's see. We're that's doing the podcast. Or, that's just influence. I got it all. I got it on my mind all the time. You've wow. been corrupted by DeMarco. Magazine. We are sorry. Yeah, he turned 32 yesterday. And I think some people even wrote a story saying he was 31. 31. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, like, you would have had to look up the birthday. I guess they didn't, though. Maybe they just you looked would, at a former news release or something. Yeah, from a couple weeks ago. You, you would have thought you're good. Yeah. So. I wonder if he's thinking about leaving OU now. <laughs> So, but no, that was what I was getting at. You know, he was always seen as this, you know, ultra smooth Mr. Cool guy. You know, totally had everything under control. Didn't crack under pressure. Like, you couldn't you couldn't make the guy crack, it didn't seem. But like yesterday, you actually saw a guy, not that he's been humbled or anything, but just a guy that actually, for the first time in my life since talking to him, really kind of you related to a little bit you you saw like okay this is a guy that he's trying to he's trying to do something that he's passionate about and he's not he's kind of being vulnerable a little bit like he's telling us this is what he wants to do and yeah he knows there are questions about his ability to do it but he believes in himself and believes that he can do this so that was it was a very different side of DeMar and like you said he's 32 years old he was 18 19 20 like and that's the other thing about DeMarco like how you will never find a player that comes in as a five-star from high school that won red shirts 
and then stays for four years after that. Like that's never happened. That's like he was at OU for again. five years. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would have to think if he had to do it all over again, he probably leaves early. Probably leaves that. <laughs> hell, they might all leave early if they knew what was to come in that 2009 season. Oh hell yeah, yeah that was uh, Gresham Sam. Should have known. Should have known when you open your season against Mormons, that's what's going to happen. Didn't Brody Eldridge break his neck in that game, too? In that BYU game? Or was it later on? I think it was later on in the season. I think Habern broke his neck at some point. Maybe Habern that's had what to it give was. Up Hab- football. Well, because that's when Brody moved to center, right? Yes. But, like, Those, Brody had some horrible. 11 years ago. It's sad. It's 2009 is so etched in my mind. That first game at Jerry World, even Trent Williams was missing uh, blocks. Sam just got annihilated. And if you remember, uh, Andre Ware predicted BYU would win that game. Yeah, and everybody laughed at him. Predicted the eight uh, eight and four season. And they brought in um, uh, all pro punter. Um, Tress Way? Tress Way to try and kick that field goal at the end of the game. It was like 54 yards long. That would have won it. And then four years of Landry started. He's the Renegades problem now. Actually, not yet. Just announced Landry Jones will start for oh, the XFL in at Renegades. Savior. The season problem. has officially savior. begun. Was it L.A. that fired their defensive coordinator? Uh, yeah, Pepper, Pepper Johnson. Johnson. Yep. I don't, did he quit or did he get fired? <laughs> he got fired. That uh, P.J. Walker guy from Temple lit them up. They probably knew it was about to come. What was or about to happen they, on they Sunday? Seattle. Was it L.A. versus Seattle? I don't remember. I, I didn't watch. Outside of the Dallas game, I didn't watch too much What did XFL. you think of the XFL? I liked it. From what you saw. I mean, it was a pretty boring game because Dallas's quarterback was awful. I think it's a lot like every every other league that has tried to start. Like, Cool. I don't Football think the spring. I don't think the Dallas Renegades quarterback could have beaten out anyone that was a starter. He was bad. Extended starter in Bob Stoops' tenure at Oklahoma. He was bad, and you know what? Like it was maybe even, Paul Thompson, maybe Trevor Knight, but that's it. That's the only argument you can make. He sucked. And, and Cody, Nelson. Cody, Cody uh, Thomas doesn't count. He wasn't a full time. He's he, a baseball. Player. He wouldn't have been a starter if people weren't hurt. But, yes, he was probably better than Cody Thomas. And that's all I can give you. It'll just be about the level of play. It's cool what they're doing with the rules and the access and things of that nature. But if the play sucks. I will say this. Watch. I think the extra point thing is cool, but nobody converts the extra points. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Smallwood converted one. I think the kickoff thing is cool. Yeah. But I think the the... The sideline access and the interviews and then the replay and the in the offensive coordinators hearing their calls. I like. I think the NFL will adopt all that stuff. And I would say this: I think college adopts that kickoff before the NFL does. I don't know. College will probably do it in like twenty thirty two and then claim that it was their idea after they've not paid the players since. Yeah, after Mark Emmert continues to make an idiot of himself. I was so, I was so, I could not believe Bob Bowlesby was on that panel. <laughs> you it, should see Eddie's face right now. It just, it blows my mind that people still think that Bob Bowlesby is like a smart person. Because he was the Stanford athletic director. 
But he's also the guy that screwed up Bob Stoops to Iowa. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that should have been hint number one. That I'm he, not saying that everybody thought Bob was going to be just incredible in 1998, but at the same time, it's like they dragged their feet. When was the last time? When was the last time somebody Bob Bowlesby had an idea, and somebody was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. Andy, we think esports are an excellent avenue for student athletes. That just triggered esports, Eddie. Esports that triggered Eddie. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> No, it's not flashbacks. I'd never listened to anything he says, so that that was an introduction to something I didn't even know about. It's just weird. I I just like his address at the Big Twelve every year because I know, like, if you can just stay awake, everybody's long enough, making fun of him. If you can just stay awake long enough to listen to him and actually parse out the things that he's saying, so you can give them to the world, it's always gold. Because it's just like stuff that you just read, and you're like, "What the f- is? What is he doing?" How is he saying these things? He gets away with it because he puts everyone to sleep and nobody pays attention to him. Maybe everybody but he constantly, just... consistently says dumb things. He's just kind of the worst. I mean, everybody was replaying that Senators thing, but they cut it off as soon as Bob Bowlesby started talking because he didn't say yeah, anything. Nobody wanted to hear his ass. He didn't say anything. He just, he just double-talked. About ESPN Plus. I think all those people are idiots. Yeah. The senators, the people in charge. I'm wearing my of, WVU colors today. Bunch of suits. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, introductions yesterday. Uh, now it is, and, and I think the one one last thing on Demarco. I think the one thing that even he kind of seemed to be curious about was what type of impact he has in recruiting. Because I think he's one of those guys, like, he can't really see how people view him, like, how revered he is. Like, that's just something for a person. Like, you don't know. You don't want to know. You don't You don't spend time thinking about that. So I'm curious. Like, when he was being asked, like, how do you think your career will help out in recruiting? Like, he has no idea. Mm-hmm. He's curious to know if it's going to be, you know, something that's really going to help them. But I, I don't think it can hurt. No. Can't right. hurt. I would say that he's going to need to have some type of success here early, don't you think? You have to because people get Kamar Wheaton. You mean, and that yeah, basically or is do something expecting. because LJ Johnson, yeah. Henderson, yeah, you gotta get one of them because you're losing way too many backs. You gotta hit it big. I'll be interested to see kind of how you tear he, down the program if you don't. I'll All be right. interested to see how he coaches Trey Sermon. Yeah. With his style that he throws out there sometimes, sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts. Like, will DeMarco want him to be more deliberate as a runner? Or will he be like, well, that works for Le'Veon Bell. Let's let's let you do it. I mean, there's going to have to be some. Like, with with him, there is some middle ground even that, I thought Jay Bulware needed to find because, and if you have a great offensive line, you can get away with that stuff and you know they're going to hold blocks or at least develop holes. But I don't know that he has that type of offensive line yet. But I'll say this it's going to be was interesting. really good last year before he got hurt. Like, Sermon? you go back, you yeah, look, yeah, he was great. Like, I was going and logging your video this yeah. year and 
I was, you know, with the sermon highlights, I was like, holy shit, I forgot how good Trey Sermon was before he He was hurt. really good. And, you know, I, I remember going all the way back to even uh, the Houston and South Dakota State games. It was like, this guy is, he, he talked about year, it, yeah. and he's reinvented his body. He literally had it at some points. Yeah. So, I, you know, and I guess it'll be a little bit of a question mark about how he returns from injury, how he gets back out on the field. But um, can you get anything out of a... Uh, a TJ Pledger, uh, you know, what is... Yeah, that's. I think that's the... And DeMarco right. talked there, about that yesterday, need... about, you know, the type of running back he was and that he wants to cultivate running backs that can catch the ball and that blocking is... Like, Kale was always on his ass about blocking. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Chris Brown would play a little bit more than, than DeMarco at times because I think Chris Brown was a better blocker uh, in, you know, max protect situations than DeMarco was. But DeMarco, he was always on his ass about that and he became a better blocker. Uh, so that, I mean, he said that, yes, that's going to be something that, you know, is important to him with these running backs when he's coaching them. So, I mean, he really is just going to be kind of an extension of what Kale was, you know, as to him as a coach. I would, I would say that's probably, if you're looking for somebody to, uh, you know, he's obvious, Kale is obviously a mentor for, Mm -hmm. for DeMarco. So I would, I would think that he has a lot of connections back to, uh, or coaching characteristics, I guess. That go back to you know basically what Kel is. What was it? He gave the list of people he called in order. I, I the number one was surprising. Jason, Jason yeah. Witten. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was Jason Witten, Bob Stoops, and, and Bob Kale. Stoops. Kale was the fourth, I think. He third. Said. He was the third guy. Because okay. Kale and then Bob and I mean uh, maybe he said Witten, he called someone Bob, before he Kale. called Kale or something. One of the two. I I definitely think that a lot of people you know the rumors were out there, just as you know as recent as a couple of months ago that you know if Witten wanted to hang it up again he could be a coach anywhere from day one it'd be better than being in the booth for him. it'd be better than being on the field <laughs> yeah he was, he was not good this year, year. Yeah. Blake Jarwin's their best tight end he'll be better when Tom Brady's their quarterback next year I hope that happens <laughs> <laughs> And Dak Prescott, Dak, they're going to franchise Dak Prescott. We'll see. And he's going to fight it. Dallas basically will not have a quarterback next year. They'll be paying a guy that's holding out. That's their quarterback next year. So anyway, uh, any other, I, I mean, recruiting-wise. Um, it's just such a weird a time right now, isn't it, going out, Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I guess Kobe McKenzie, that's kind of interesting. Yes, that's come yes out. indeed. 2020. 22 linebacker commit announces yesterday. Maybe jumping the gun a little bit because I think you still got to make sure things will work out. But he wants to reclassify to the 2021 class. And you he look is at the him. linebacker commitment from yeah. uh, uh, from Lubbock. Yep, and you look at him phys- oh, uh, physically. Physically, he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah. He just I, a lot of work is going to have have to be done. We had his father once again post on the message board that this is something. They think they want to do and they want to pursue, but they'll find out in the long run whether or not they can actually do it. And if they have to play during the 2021 season in high school, then that's what they'll do. But the plan is to try to get them to be a 2021 kid. And that to me, I mean, that's a a kind of a, I don't know, it's a a slippery slope because he does look – I mean, he could physically – he could be in a college program right now, but it's that mental side of it. Like, if you if it doesn't work and you come in, and college could break you. I mean, 
the coaching could break you. I mean, like if you're not, you know, mentally ready and 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 it's a risk. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not mature enough to handle some things, it could break bad. You see it a lot in basketball, but I wouldn't say it's as physical as football is when you're trying to move a year up for football. That sounds kind of yeah. nuts. Because you usually hear it the other way, trying to push a kid back so that they'll be as developed as they possibly can be when they get to their class. Uh, outside of that, some uh, interesting quarterback talk this week as well. Yeah. Caleb Williams, who we all believe is the number one target for OU for the 2021 class. Now the number one ranked quarterback by rivals, number three overall in the rivals 100. And there's just so much Take momentum. There's just so much momentum right now for Caleb to end up being a Sooner. Scott Linehan was hired by LSU and Everything we've heard is that didn't move the needle. I think that was the one thing we all had to sort of find out is whether or not the Tigers hire was going to be enough to get Caleb back in the fold. And it doesn't sound like that's the, that that's going to be the case. You know, we've talked about it a little bit just as far as uh, LSU and, you know, kind of their, I guess, repositioning of the program basically in every facet. If I was an LSU fan, and I'm sure they're still in a national championship high, but I would not be excited about Scott Linehan. No, he's a name that's bounced around a lot. I mean, he's kind of like, uh, it was a Cam Cameron that they had mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's not Joe that. Brady, I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah, Joe. I mean, Joe Brady is young. You know, he, he's a guy that they, they plucked out of the NFL that didn't have really a spot because other people were ahead of him. Scott Linehan's a guy that everybody knows. He's been around forever. He's not reinventing football. No. What do you think a timeline would be, Bob? Do you have any idea, like any type of guesstimate? You know, Kayla's been consistent, even little direct messages and stuff, just saying he wants to visit in the spring. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the crown jewel of spring game weekend. If they can guarantee Kayla. This would be his second trip to Norman? Yes, he made an unofficial the week before OU's second camp that you guys covered with Brock. So mm-hmm. that overshadowed oh, everything. Oh, I jinxed him is what you're saying. <laughs> I jinxed you, that. Well, you over, what it did is it overshadowed the fact that a five-star kid from Washington, D.C. was even coming in because we were all ready for Brock to come in sure. and basically commit. We sort of knew, well, if he's going to this camp and he likes it, there's a chance that this, that this could happen. And Caleb Williams had to just – he had to accept that fact. He was the second fiddle. He was the second choice. And it doesn't sound like he's, you know, has sour grapes about it or anything of that nature. And if he's all all in, you got to believe Shane Beamer, Lincoln Riley are going to do everything they can in the next couple months to try to get him to Norman for the spring. It'll make it even more special in December when they sign him or when he commits and then he signs and then Lincoln can stand up there and say, we got our guy, just like he did for Chandler Morris. Okay, yeah, that was... I do agree Chandler Morris was the second choice, but Bryce Young was the first. Yes. You can't convince us otherwise. It's, yeah, that's that's signing day stuff right there. I mean, that's signing day 101. But he did know Bryce Young going back like two summers ago. So from that point on, I do believe that Chandler Morris was the only guy he was looking for. Um, I could probably agree with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just it was just kind of it wasn't. It might have been like really. Bryce. It might it might have been like Bryce one A, Bryce one B, well, then Chandler Morris one C. Well, here my, my thing was I think once they realized Bryce wasn't going to come because Spencer Rattler was there because I still believe that's the number one reason. 
that's never going to change. You're never going to change. Yeah. You know, that's not altering in the year of recruiting. It's not like, oh, now Spencer's still there, but I, I don't care. I don't think that ever came up. It's almost like if, in his mind, I think what he was saying was, we knew we weren't getting the five star, mm-hmm. and this was the guy that I knew we could get that and, was number one. And on like we always have said, it was going to be an awkward year to, no matter what. Yeah, and you can look at the offer sheet. I mean, Chandler was one of the few offers, and it wasn't after his dad got fired at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It was well before that. So there's a some truth there, but yeah, we all agree Bryce Young was the first guy, and once that was never going to happen, no matter what you were trying to do, then Morris became the second target, and all the... Dad going Auburn, just a smoke screen to what was really going on. Um, God, there was something else I was going to bring up. Um, I shouldn't even said that because I don't, it's fallen out of my head. Hmm. Eddie, you're going to Florida. Watch Mario Williams. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, you're going, or no, allegedly going. he's going to be there. Because no, I'm I, am going. For the I am going. I am <laughs> okay. going. I am going. Saturday morning. Sunday morning, we'll have uh, live coverage. Oh, yeah. We'll be so. doing it up live on the uh, backpack cam. If Mario is there, he is right on the cusp. There's 14 five-star kids. He's number 16 at the moment, so he's right there. Rivals Camp Series is what we're talking about in case. There's been a lot of viral Rivals Camp videos out there recently. One, the receiver kid, and then the offensive lineman that's getting all the attention for the wrong reasons. They're just ridiculous. <laughs> it, yeah. And it wasn't rivals that did it. It's like cheering on a guy that I just don't know why stuff like that is celebrated. But. It's because people don't know what they're doing. Anyway. Um, so, hoops last night. Uh, Iowa State. Boring as it should be. It was in the second half. In the first half, I was wondering what the hell was wrong with that team. It like never fails. Anytime you know it's announced that the star player is out, there's a letdown from it the was, other team for sure. There's no. I know Christian Doolittle try to act act like there wasn't, but you add in that and the lack of a big time crowd, you had to create your own energy to try to get going on on that type of night. And it took them a while, but once they got it going, it, it was exactly the type of game that we thought it would be, yeah. the type of game that it needed to be as you head into the two biggest games of the season. Not often that you got back-to-back games against two of the top three teams in the country, right? They're playing with house with house money, right? I mean, no one expects them to win Saturday at Kansas or to beat Baylor two, on a Tuesday, despite how well they played them in in Waco. I mean, so they just Baylor play, gives they play you an very opportunity. Free, though. Yes. I mean, like Baylor is—they're not a team that really just blows people. They don't, I mean, they, they play right. good they defense. Been playing just exactly just crazy good but they make all the plays down the sure. stretch when it matters sure and they've been playing i guess you could you could argue they've been playing the bottom half of the big 12 as well yeah i mean kansas states and but i mean they went on the road and won in kansas i mean they're the, the thing about them is they're kind of the same team OSU at home as they are that. on the road like, yeah they they play the same type of game they don't blow people out at home and then just eat by on the road like they took it to tech and lubbock too i mean mm-hmm. i think that's OU, why you i think you really, i think oh you beat baylor on tuesday if Baylor showed any kind of weakness on the road, I'd be right there with you, but they haven't. It just seems like it's a good spot for OU to win. I mean, if they beat West Virginia on Saturday, which they probably should, the game's in Waco, they'll be on a 23-game winning streak going into, uh, or 22-game winning streak going into the game on Tuesday night. It just seems like that's a great spot for a college team to lose. Do you think 
last night was an aberration, or do you think it's just impossible that to get people interested in OU basketball? It was just that one game that stood out as yeah, I, nothing. There's nothing to entice people. There's nothing you could have done. Eight o'clock start to get, get eight o'clock start there. against one of the worst teams in the league. That it's, doesn't have the it is only it is. good. Their only good player, the one that's actually going to make it to the next level, and he breaks his wrist the game before. I don't think that it's a situation either that, like, I had so many bullshit excuses given last night oh, on Twitter. Oh, Like, somebody so told me, somebody had the audacity to tell me, I didn't know they played tonight. <laughs> Sir, it's 2020. Like, how do you not know they, like, I'm guessing if you didn't know that they had a game, you weren't going to ever go. Like, go back to the biz. I know what restaurants will bring me food. I can figure out a game time. Just... Google it. But yeah, I mean, they've got three home games left, although Tech will be at the peak. But you know the crowd for Baylor's going to be great. The crowd for Texas is going to be great. This was just that one game that stands out. Plus, it was on ESPN2 instead of Plus. So, it got seen by everybody. It just was a bad look. Do when we it, all just remember college basketball, like, with, you know, beer goggles from when we were kids? Like, does everybody, when they were a kid, do they remember OU basketball just being so awesome and so different? Oh, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I mean, I, I to because sit I here mean, and I say remember... that the Thunder don't have some type of impact on that in the way that we view basketball as sure. spectators, yeah. that's all, it'd be it'd be ignorant to say that. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, this this time of year before the Thunder, you would live your life like it was the road to Kansas City, you sure. know, road to uh, was it? What was the arena? Kemper? Kemper. Kemper? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, and that was a big deal. And, like, that was, it was, you know, it was like, because all you had was, like, 89ers and and uh, OU football. And in between, you had Big 12 basketball, or Big 8 basketball. Like, but you also had Billy Tubbs. You had Kelvin Sampson. I mean, you had, you know, Lon Kruger's right there in terms of coaching, you know, legacy. I think it's also a part of it is, and I, this is going to be very old. I know. I'm owning it. AAU basketball has killed college basketball. Just the stink that it leaves on. That, and I just think that the players from a fundamental aspect are terrible. Like, how many... What was it? Saturday, West Virginia missed 22 shots within two feet of the basket. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... Is that I, just I teams not practicing? Kind of, I do kind of appreciate the defense that's played in this league. I think there's good defense, but I think it's probably... Is it is it bad to say there's it's it's worse offense than great defense? Now, you talk about Kansas, you talk about Baylor. Uh, West Virginia plays really good defense. I mean, that West Virginia game, like their offense was ugly, but OU kept turning the ball over every two trips down the, the floor. I mean, it was Yeah, they should have won by 15, awful. 16 points. <laughs> But that's what happens when you play West Virginia. It, as long as Bob Huggins is there, that's what West Virginia... If you're not turning it over in the half court, you're going to be turning it over when they press you in the full court. I, I mean, mean, that West Virginia team cannot score. You watched the last yeah. 10 minutes of that Kansas game last night. Mm-hmm. They they literally cannot score. They have trouble putting the ball... How can a team like Texas with as many All-Americans, high school All-Americans as they have... I don't know. Like, How does a basketball team... Suck just like that, suck yeah. and just have no ability to put the ball in the basket. It's it's almost like I was talking to somebody up at the radio station about this. It's almost like they don't practice offense. Like they just stand there and everybody sees it. <laughs> How does that happen? I just I don't get it. 
what I will say, OU's just played their best two games in a back-to-back stretch. Yeah. We're, we're going to know what the ceiling of this team is because they're, they won't play any better than what they have. And against Kansas, Baylor, we'll find out if they deserve to be in the tournament or if they deserve to be in an in NIT team. And if, if they have a game at Lloyd Noble, what do you think the attendance would be for that? Do you? I mean, I know you're going to— an, an NIT game. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. You have to tell nobody's me because I won't be there. <laughs> nobody's interested. I'm not covering NIT games. Nobody's no, nobody's got time I mean, for I will that. Be there, but. Yeah. Here's the here's my question. Okay, so they they go to Kansas. Um, You're calling the upset? No, no, no. I'm just trying to think on this <clears throat> on this roster. There's only really two guys that you can point to. Manic and Doolittle. Yep. Have either of those ever had a big game in Lawrence? Mm. I want to say Christian played well. I'm going to say Manic has not because ago, I seem to remember Manic pretty much just wilting every chance he's gotten. Well, until this year, Brady hadn't really had any just memorable road games. If I yeah. remember correctly, he would be great at home and then fade on yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's going to be tough. I mean, Kansas obviously they just their OU's biggest issue with Kansas they don't have an answer for Doke inside. If he doesn't get into foul trouble, you're not going to be able to stop him. And you're going to have to knock down shots. And they did get some good play out of uh, Jamal. Jamal Bienemy offensively seems like he's starting to come around. A little and bit. If yes. we, you know, the guy that has been really good over the last probably month is Alondis Williams. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, he's, just athletically, he's exactly he's you, superior to most people on the floor. L- last night was a game where he could do just that. And but as he's played better, he's made a lot better in terms of his passing, and that's opened things up. And you know. Try hopefully get a chance to talk with him today. David, it seems that with Harmon, he's having trouble adjusting to this starter bench, starter bench. I wonder if will if uh, Williams is having any issues too. But it seems for Harmon, it's tough for him to get into a groove. And you- Harmon's at least kind of starting to settle into some shots, though. Like he's not taking ridiculous. He's actually. Not his, making much, but his first two threes last night were pretty nuts. I just, I just like seeing him and Bienemy actually starting to be more aggressive and taking shots. Jamal for sure, because he's someone that can make them, especially when he gets going. But what you love about him is that even when he wasn't scoring, it never affected the rest of his game. And if he brings the scoring with him, gives you a fourth option to go with Reeves, Do, and Manic. That's a team. That's a legitimate tournament team that can make some noise. You know what's funny is is or I don't I don't know if it's funny, but the whole Devion Harmon thing, like he's a guy that is obviously not short on confidence. I think anybody that's talked to him knows that. He said some stuff on uh, Monday. Monday that was interesting. It basically, he just said that he hates coming off the bench, or he doesn't hate coming off the bench. He hates the flip flopping. Basically, of one day in one the, day in the lineup, bench, one, day, one day coming off the yeah. bench. And I'll say this. He says a lot of things that you don't ever hear from a college basketball player, and he's saying it as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, I, which I think is interesting. I And to his credit, you can't tell on the on the court. Nope. He's handled it very, yep. I guess, professionally is the way mm-hmm. that is the best way to describe it. Uh, it, it just... If things were going the opposite direction, though, and say they they were eight and sixteen or something, I think that's when it starts becoming a problem. You can get away with it when it's right now. And the other thing with this team is the way that Iowa State and Kansas State have played here as of late. It's just even more shocking that they went up there and got I beat. It's just say they go one and one, 
I think OU's probably ranked right now. Or at least knocking on the close, door. Yeah, cl- close to it. Yeah, I mean, 16 and 7. They would be, uh, they're, what are they? They're 6 and 5 in the conference and uh, 16 like and 8 right 16, now. So, be 17. so they'd be 17 and 7. Yeah. Or uh, 18 and 6 if you win and both I, of those games. Yeah. If you're 18 and 6 and uh, 7 and, four, seven and in the 4 in the conference. No, uh, they'd be 8 and 3. They would be, they definitely would no, be. No, because they're 6 and 5 right now. So one more win. Well, if you won both of them, oh, I see. You would be ranked. Now, and you'd probably be bumping in the six range. I mean, you you look at the schedule. You say worst case nineteen and twelve, but you can't slip up. OSU, TCU, got to win those road games. Hold court against Texas at home, and then you get any of West Virginia, Baylor, Tech, or Kansas. That's another huge win put on your resume. You're nineteen and twelve at least. Heading into the tournament, and with this, I don't know, just how uneven the entire nation is, 19 and 12, that might be enough. What's crazy is, like, the Big 12, yeah, it's probably capped at five right now. Um, But, like, you look at the ACC, they're going to have, like, three teams. Uh, Who is it? Like, the the Big East that's going to have, like, three? or or the Big East is loaded. Or is it the Big Ten that's going to have, like, three? No, Big Ten's got, like, 12. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then you, yeah, have, a, major then you have a conference like the ACC that I think yeah. right now only has four, right? No, three. We just, or three? ACC is three, yeah. Okay. But there's Maybe also... Maybe it's the Pac-12 that only has When three. you have schools like Dayton, it's really good. San Diego State. San Diego State's mm-hmm. undefeated. I know, I mean, and they're really good. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a... I, I think they could win a national championship. I'm not going to sit here and go down their lineup, but I think that they're good enough. Michael Cage is probably their bag man. Be the first time he's useful. Oh, my God. All right. Do we want to do a baseball preview? Eddie? Uh, I mean, yeah, they start. They open the season tomorrow in Pensacola, three-game series against Virginia. Uh, from a defensive and a, from a pitching standpoint... They might have one of the best rotations in the country this year. Uh, Kate Cavalli, obviously, he's a guy that, you know, you look at 2020 MLB draft uh, projections, and I know it's February, so still got a he's got the couple ma- months to go. But at the same time, you only do have, what, five months until the draft, till June. So uh, he's a guy that I think, you know, if, if things went according to plan right now, he would be a – top 15 selection in the 2020 draft. They It's got major league hair. Skip thinks he's that good and he's cutting the rest of the team's hair. So Is he going to cut your hair? He could if he wants. I just don't know if I could walk around with that baseball haircut, like the shaved shaved sides. Mm-hmm. A lot of product involved in that haircut. Is there? Yeah. I could see that. You'll be having bottles and bottles of Redken sitting around in your house. Oof. I don't know if I want that. Tyler Hardman returns from uh, the Cape, though. He had a really big summer. Uh, you know, Brandon Zaragoza and Connor, Connor McKenna in the middle uh, played a lot of games together. It seems like Brandon Zaragoza is getting ready to enter his 19th year in Norman. Uh, Kendall Pettis is a guy that they think, uh, you know, just up and down the roster, you look at this freshman group specifically, and OU's recruiting extremely well in baseball right now. Extremely well. I don't think that it can be said enough how well they are recruiting. Like the the projection and the future of the program between them and Oklahoma State with uh, with all those major leaguers up there with Matt Holiday and 
uh, Robin Ventura yeah. helping them out. Uh, it could be a fun summer here in Oklahoma with college baseball. And I think that, you know, what is this team going to do? I think anywhere that you looked has them third or fourth in the conference between uh, behind Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that the the baseline for this program is what it should always be and is hosting a regional. Like, I, I think if you host a regional, that's probably a pretty successful year. You know, Twitter fires Lon Kruger every single game. Is oh is, is 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 Skip Johnson in any sort of trouble if, if they don't bring it? No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, and you know, it's not because Josie doesn't care about the other sports. I I do think that they have a chance to be pretty damn good this year. And uh, you know, I'm not going to say it would take a disaster for them not to be, but uh, you know, they have so much pitching. Uh, even when you look at the JUCO guys that they've added, the Sam Houston State transfer, uh, that's going to kind of be a bridge to Jason Ruffcorn, who's one of the best closers in the country. So, uh, you know, offensively, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to hit 200 home runs this year because they're probably not, especially when you play in Eldale Mitchell when, you know, half the season is playing into a, a north wind. You have 30 miles an hour. Yeah, but... They should be pretty good, and I think they they should be good enough to manufacture runs. If you remember last year, getting runners on base wasn't their problem. They got plenty of runners on base. It was stranding all those guys. So they need some growth out of guys that played last year uh, to uh, to be able to get those guys in. And obviously, Briley Ware is not in Norman. Uh, you looking at their schedule, Kerry? I'm looking at oh, the, the weather. weather in relation to their schedule. Oh, actually. it's going to be awful. It always is. During baseball season, it always is. This Tiger drains about a 35-foot putt. On the first hole, so we're off By to a way, good start at I am Riviera. Still considering OU baseball's co- uh, schedule this year, though, hard AF. Opening with Thank Virginia, you. they go down to uh, play at the Cheater Stadium down in Houston <laughs> uh, with a three-game set. <laughs> what is that? What's the what's the lineup there down in Houston? Houston? Arkansas, go up a little bit. Arkansas, Missouri, Missouri and LSU. LSU. I wow. mean, that is. It's a it's definitely a who's who and not to mention they play six games in four days next week uh, when they return to Norman after the three gamer in uh, Pensacola. Yeah, actually, what sucks is that's about as much OU baseball the, as you're going to get anywhere. OK, the day folks? before the first game, it's going to be 72 and sunny. Yeah. And then then tell and me then what it, it's going to be on Tuesday. Then Tuesday, it's going to be 51 <laughs> and mostly cloudy. And then Wednesday, it goes on the 19th. It goes down to 42. Uh, but it will uh, that homestand. It actually is going to get back up into the 50s and 60s uh, by the next weekend, so when they're down in Houston. But, uh, no, I'm still considering building a batting cage in the backyard so we can work on your swing. I think I've retired from baseball. If I get back into baseball, I I think I'm going to be on the bump. I'm going to be a pitcher. I would like... No. We have to fix your swing first. I I want, I want to, to play get, in the National League or I, I want to play in the like American League. I don't want to, I don't want to hit anymore. With you in that batting cage to where you don't embarrass yourself. I'm making a full commitment to the game of golf. Buying clubs or new clubs. How old are your 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 old clubs? Man, they're pretty old. Hmm. I'd say more than 10 years. Okay. It's about that time. Who is the king of the clubs right now? Like if what are the oh, hottest it, irons probably, out there? I mean, it probably depends on how much money you want to spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, I, are I think the... Are pings still big? I don't think pings are as big. I think PXG is more the oh, yeah, the new, kind of new wave. Um, that's one thing that I really... 
as much as I love golf, I'm not the big uh, equipment guy. So I mm -hmm. like every, you know, I have a couple of buddies that's like, oh, is that the. They got to get like new clubs every couple oh, of that's years. Oh, that, that's the R7755. It's like, all right, well. Cool. Yeah, where you got to change the weight. Probably and why I poke it out there 250 and you're hitting it 320. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a drinking sport. But I'm probably going to win the Oklahoma Amateur, so. <laughs> All right. No big deal. After seeing your batting swing, I really question that proclamation. Uh, the golf swing is a little bit different than the, the baseball swing. Yeah, but you, you should noticed. be able to hit a baseball when you swing. Oh, they were it. throwing. You should have seen the. Stuff, the junk they were throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the MidFirst Bank Unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, sorry that Josh was not around. We need to check on him, see if he's been Linda, arrested for stalking. Let him back in. Yeah, Linda, if he's made, if he's, uh, if he's mended fences with Linda and not put her on the other side of a fence. El Sario. We are sorry. We are sorry. El Sario. It's not El Sario. You, boy, you really didn't take Spanish in high school or anything, did you? Did oh, they I, not no, have a that's, foreign language requirement no, when you were in college? No, that's a sad thing. I did. I've told you my story about Spanish parents in college. dying? No, they were getting, getting divorced. divorced yeah. <laughs> which they were not. But I had some crazy <laughs> Spanish teachers in sorry. public school. All right, I can't. I can barely speak Spanish, but I know it's low C and toe. All right, um, thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, Eddie. Thanks to Bob, and we'll be back next week, hopefully on a regular schedule on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, we just—it's worked out to where we had these things on Thursday the last two weeks because certain media events and things like that. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week right back here on the Midfirst Bank dot uh, Midfirst Bank unofficial forty. You got 40 this. You got this from SoonerScoop.com.